Welcome to the Bad Vibes Club. This is a little kind of pre-season conversation with Anne Dufau. Um I've been recording other conversations as well, but Anne has two screenings over Artlex weekend, which is happening on the 5th and 6th of October. So I wanted to get this out before Artlex happened. Um, you can check the Artlex website or the A to Z website for details, but they're happening, I think, at Peckham Pelican and at Rye Wax on the 5th and 6th of October. Anyway, Anne's wonderful. She runs A to Z and she talks about that. And then we talk about podcasts and about her teaching work as well. I've also slipped a few bits of her mixtapes that she does, which mix together music and quotes from films and soundtracks from artist work and things like that. So I've slipped a few of those in on Anne's request. It's a great interview. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, see ya. So uh, A to Z started six years ago. Um, it started as a curatorial platform, uh, which for me was kind of a way to get into knowing artists and giving giving a platform. But in a way, it wasn't like the classic White Cube. It was kind of uh, trying out and testing. Um, so... It started as A to Z because of watching Deleuze interview, which lasts six hours about uh, <laughs> the old alphabet. It goes on and on about different words. Uh, I thought it would be a good way to actually use the alphabet and uh, as a very simple basic. Uh, but kind of working with artists, uh, not necessarily only artists, fashion designer, musician, um, around words and choosing a letter together and then choosing a word and having a discussion around it and then seeing what could work. What could work with no money <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it hasn't been funded up to a point which I will come to. But it was kind of trying to see what could work and how we could infiltrate spaces. So so you, didn't, so you started off without having a permanent space? No, so it's nomadic. Yeah. The idea is that it's just going anywhere, uh, trying to get viral as much as possible. So um, the first event was a screening at V22, which was around the word apocalypse. And that was a kind of uh, group video, um, which included the Autolist group, Ben Drew, uh, to kind of more... Um, uh, kind of young and new artists. I mean, Ben at the time wasn't as uh, recognized. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, and with music video as well. Uh, and um, and then after that, it went through making a postcard with um, John Raffman oh, and yeah. his nine, um, and nine Eyes Google. So it was just kind of using one of his images that he found on Google and creating a postcard where it said what it was but you could use it as a real postcard and printing 5,000 of those, finding a place that was doing it for super cheap um, and then just spread those all over so it was kind of anywhere I would go bars, uh, cafes you know, but also galleries also putting it in galleries where you sell postcards you know, kind of like <laughs> Being a bit, um, yeah, uh, taking advantage of the, the spaces. Um, and then after that, we, we, it carried on with the alphabet, but um, 
more in a more kind of organic way so it became a kind of thing that I would do every like two months mm. uh, and finding different different things to do so there's been a calendar made with 12 artists sending me an image and then uh, printing it really cheap as well and then sending it to different like galleries or going to galleries and giving the ga- calendar should have brought some actually I yeah, didn't that think nice. like sorry I, I'm so sorry I should have brought <laughs> a few things but um, but it sounds like all of these things are like very low impact right they're about mm. someone giving you an image or someone yeah. you know a screening mm. someone can present work they've already made mm. and I guess that's because the f- the like no funding situation no, yeah but also kind of wanting to see if people do actually see it or yeah. notice it um, and who sees it as well did you have any way of like measuring that I guess at the start when you're like well, just handing, like, giving it's out really, no it's kind of really <clears throat> random but also I don't know I think it's the conversation that you get while doing it and just like you know explaining and then seeing what people say or if they want to see talk about the artist mm. more but gauging it in a way it doesn't really matter yeah in that sense uh it's more about like create creating new links with people and then after that well i mean it carried on with different projects we were talking about enclave there was uh something at res um with Cyril Le Petit, who is a French artist, we did a show there. I mean, he did a show there, which was amazing. Uh, and which was more in a classical sense, uh, an exhibition as like such. Curator yeah. and but then there are things online as well, where yeah. I would ask artists to send me 10 tracks and 10 words uh, in relation to their practice or things they think relate to how they produce. or um, And then that's online, that's on Mixcloud. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a series of videos as well online that were released. Um, it was called Totem and Taboo. Oh, um, okay. They were released weekly uh, for a month. And that was then presented at uh, Five Years Gallery. Oh, yeah, Five Years, um, yeah. And with, that was a project with um, Do- Doggerland uh, ah. that they invited me for a night. And then we had a discussion uh, around spaces, around kind of surviving in London and how do people do. And um, and then after that, I luckily got a space in Nine Elms, which was in relation to where I work at the RCA, the Royal College of Art. So maybe you could explain um, the... Because you work at the Royal College, but yeah. AZ is a separate... So, well, A to Z is really well. my side... Uh, it's my baby, in a way. <laughs> Your side hustle. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it relates a lot to now, much more to what I do at the RCA. But um, I'm the special project coordinator so and curriculum coordinator. So I look after the lectures, the film nights, uh, the public talks, um, and and all the groups. So, But I'm teaching a bit more now mm-hmm. uh, in Moving Image and doing MA groups where all the students are mixed together from different programs. Um, and with that, I'm kind of exploring more within the research that I'm doing with A to Z. So it kind of took a, a route that is looking at the idea of morphing and bodies, um, but also identity. And A to Z first, that's what I should say, is like, I'm a big fan of, of science fiction, but it's a way, it's a narrative to get into, you know, trying to create an, a small narrative that links some of the work, but it's not pretending that, you know, I know I've got like 
the right formula. It's kind of playing around with with different ideas. And often it's kind of like looking at Ursula Le Guin or looking at Octavia Butler and kind of uh, trying to poking people a bit as well and being a bit provocative uh, with with some of the work that were shown and and creating discussions, you know, around racism, around discrimination, around uh, what it means to be queer and, yeah, kind of, you know. I think there's been like a, a general turn to sci-fi. And do you think that's because it allows discussions about things that are maybe hard, hard to talk about within our... Well, within the status quo or whatever. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a good way to actually present current issues. It's not about the future, it's about now. And it's really about, like, talking about all... I mean, especially now with, like, all the, you know, Brexit, the US, like, Turkey, I mean, yeah. Poland. It's just, like, all over Europe as well. Like, it's so extreme within, like, what what we as like you know artists creative creative in bracket really are for you know it's kind of so i think they i mean there are works that can lead you to really rethink how the statue quo is and you know kind of pushing pushing boundaries a bit mm. with the space that i was lucky to get through the rca um, it was in Nine Amps. It was in a very odd spot uh, at the bottom of um, Apartment Towers. Oh, wow. And see. it was kind of big windows. Uh, and people who lived there had no idea. Was there some kind of window space in which was yeah. After Dark? Yeah. Or was that one of the projects? No, that that, that was one of the series. The first okay. year was called D- Dusk Exhibition Series, which was kind of using the space in the most efficient way because I couldn't be there. I was working, well, I mean, I'm still working full-time at the sure. RCA, so I had to set up a show that people could see 24-7. Mm. But playing around the idea that you can only see it when it's dark and when it's lit up, there is almost nothing. So, mm. you know, you really have to search and know what's going on, but also information were there to read and, you know, online and all that. But... um the idea was to uh, look at um, the post, the kind of post-human, post-gender, um, and we had uh, Evan Ifekoya, Choklitan, um, Daniel Schenken, um, Eza McAlden. I mean, and, and the space was animated with the private view, but also there'd be um, performances happening. Uh, and next to it, there is like a kind of barge that looks like a cabaret a bit where you can actually set up gigs or performances in there as well so we would use it after the kind Mm. of not the after party thing but like trying to like see how we can use it in different ways again we had performances happening there uh chokli organized a kind of really interesting night where we had people who were involved from the previous event dj'd and um we had um, a kind of really, really sci-fi performance. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it was kind of a, a, a play, playground a bit. Because when I think of what you do, I do think a lot of events and performances mm. and music as well. You do something with chocolate called Decal. Decalé, right? yeah. Decalé. So Decalé, which means uh, being out of place. Um, and it's a night that we started uh, maybe 
long? We are quite new. Eight months ago, at a DIY space. Oh uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, you should come. There is one. <laughs> the next one is thirteenth of October. Okay, um, maybe this can go out before then, and then that can be yeah. A, that would be a amazing. Small amount. Of, That'd be great. Um, for you. <laughs> no, that would be really good. But um, yeah, we we started uh, this night where it's kind of um, promotes as much as we can people that don't necessarily have. Uh, I mean, no, it, it's kind of promoting like a young scene that is around uh, being black queer. People of color, which are doing electronic mainly music, mm -hmm. but not only. I mean, DIY space is amazing. It's like a such a cool like community space, and the fact that it's kind of you know all about bringing bringing people together and not having any like judgmental and preconceived idea is what we were thinking of and what we wanted. So, um, for example, there were uh, Karnash Kills, who are like uh, grime um, artists, but the way they look, they are just like a beautiful black female slash male and they do really proper grime. Like it's it's just amazing. It's so I don't know, it's it was kind of like meeting people and trying to like bring in music and bring people together uh, in that way. But maybe there is like a we've got a kind of um a small um, motto for us or like, you know, a say that we usually like have at each event that is like the thing that we would like. So for each party yeah. you have a motto or, or in general? No, in do... general, that's like the kind of thing that we, we, come up, we came up to together. Uh, a night on planet Earth, décalé, a night to encounter experimental collapsing and flawless sounds, visuals. People to declare together the unspoken and embrace the hybrid and reactive nature of our collective experience. Do you think um, like parties have a particular place in in doing that? Because I guess like when I think of art stuff, I think of something that's by its nature is kind of like conservative. Not that it mm. can't be have radical politics at its core mm. or, or be quite progressive in its viewpoints, but mm. just that it doesn't necessarily allow for certain kinds of activities to happen and the party I guess is the opposite of that I mean like freeze is coming it's going to be like <laughs> you know all about the VIP stuff and like the parties but like, yeah, the people yeah, who yeah. goes to that it depends like like you realise it's very white middle class anyway uh, and it's a certain type of people that goes there uh, it's very very important within like you know the kind of networking I hate that word but it's so important in the arts scene and the thing is, in the nightclub kind of scene, it's more about like people let go, you know, it's kind yeah. of who gives a shit about like how I look or what I do. It's like, but it's also really important in certain scenes. So it's kind of really, it's kind of trying to break that down and being like, okay, fuck all like the whatever you think should be a night, like, you know, mm. try to play with it. And we, we started with like doing a screening before and the visual is kind of was something that we thought should be there. So there are visuals that comes within like, you know, DJ sets or, yeah, sure. um, and that there is a message as well through that, that can be political. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's kind of, as soon as you, like, you put a word on something, you kind of box it down so as soon as so that's why like you know we we define something but then it's like it has to change as well maybe in like a year we'd be like okay we need to like do something totally different and it might mm. be that we end up doing i don't know like urban gardening mm. or like 
beekeeping. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe DIY space is a good place to do that because it, it isn't just art people who mm. are running it. Like, it's got a lot of different input. Yeah. I mean, they've got a printing and... lab as well. Right, like, okay. you know, um, they do a lot of workshops around sound as well. Uh, but not only, I mean, yeah. They've got the decolonized fests that happens there. Like, um, But you're out of Nine Elms now, right? You've that kind I'm of... out now, yes. So the second year, the first year was that Dusk exhibition series. And then the second year was more installation-based. Uh, so there was Marianne Keating who presented a project she was doing um, around Jamaica and uh, the Irish uh, community in Jamaica. Uh, and she presented a film... Um, but, yeah, you could see it still <laughs> when it was daylight. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it wasn't that mean. Uh, and then we had uh, Vanessa da Silva, who presented an installation uh, working around the idea of the flag and kind of breaking, breaking down nationalities and the idea of nationalities and myth. And she did a performance uh, and with an amazing uh, choreographer. Uh, and then we had... Um, Erika Scorti did two performances and a crazy installation. Yeah, I, saw, I was looking at that yesterday, where the yeah. walls is like totally covered in screenshots. All and her, and yeah, it was all her archives, personal archives. So there were like kind of uh, bills to uh, grocery shopping to emails sent to like specific people. But yeah, it's very personal, but also really kind of remote. And really, it's like that thing I was reading recently, um, Audrey Lord about uh, eroticism and how talking about, you know, how the body and how the personal can become really political. And it's that thing where, you know, you use what you know and who you are to actually spread a message that is uh, not, not universal, but that is kind of like making people think and mm. maybe change their mind or kind of have another view. Um, and then after that, there was Larry Achampong, uh, who did an amazing performance for Art Nights and uh, presented a film and an installation as well. And again, like this, obviously this is from my Google googling of you, mm. but like the performances in each of those, or the uh, the dance dance performance, then Erica's performance, then Larry's performance, they seem to kind of be the moments when I guess people visited the space. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was uh, by appointment kind of yeah. thing. People did come, but the main the main thing was like really the opening and when there were performances, extra extra events, yeah, definitely. And in those, you do realize that people do actually see things and they do come mm. uh, and they make an effort and yeah. So what now then? Now you're out of Nine Elms. Uh, now I am nomadic again. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually great. It's a really good thing. What's coming up with A to Z now is so Art Leaks. There's going to be a screening happening uh, with amazing artists. <laughs> I'm not saying much because I, it hasn't been like, kind of announced yet. I need okay. to um, do that. But you should come. Uh, Saturday, there are two screenings. So Saturday, it's 7 to 8 at uh, Pecam, Pelican. Oh, yeah. Um, if that is coming out. Uh, yeah, before. yeah, we could <laughs> I think it's, it might be. It's fine yeah. if it's not. Um, and then <laughs> there is a place. second. Otherwise, you've missed it. Um, <laughs> and then there is a second one on the Sunday at Rywax of the same screening. Uh, okay. So again, like in in spaces that aren't. I mean, they're obviously like a bit arty or something, but they're not. Yeah, but they're, they're not, not galleries. No, but I really, I was really interested again in like kind of 
where I works to me is like that venue that is really cool to go mm. for like a gig and electronic music and yeah, kind of yeah, it's it's quite and it's, they've got a vinyl shop as well there. It's quite yeah, it's an interesting space. So yeah, I got in touch with those guys and yeah, they're great. And then the Pecan Pelican as well is a bar. But mm. again, it's kind of trying to use... I really wanted it to happen in the cinema. And I was thinking at the rooftop uh, in Pecan as well, cinema. I think you can... Um, you know, you can use the... Pecan Plex. Pecan Plex I did cheap, get right? in touch. No, it's it not expensive? very cheap, actually. Yeah, I did ask them. And for like the smallest room, it's like 500 quid. Really? And it's not even the nights or the weekends. It's like for a weekday. <sighs> I was like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, um, that's too much. Well, I mean, yeah, the idea is like, you know, A to Z is kind of parasitic. So it's a bit like, hey, <laughs> hi, we yeah. can do a cool <laughs> event for you. But also I make I make the posters, I make the program, you know, it's if it's a screening, it's properly made. Like it's got in between, like, you know, it's it's all the idea is that it's it's. It's a good, it's a good thing. If and you get me in your space, <laughs> you get a good deal, basically. You're still doing most of the stuff at Nine Elms, right? You're still doing the design, mm. and you were. Yeah. Were you the person who had to go and open up if someone wanted to come and see? Yeah, the show? I had one person helping me for the um, um, the install. Yeah. Uh, who is amazing, um, and then depending if I was around, but usually I would go. But there was there was yeah a really good person George Chan who is an artist great great artist as well um, who would help and we had we actually had the space open on Saturdays for a while as mm. well and Joe was around for that too. So did it feel different having that kind of opportunity but also the responsibility of having of, this yeah. like real estate which mm. as you spoke about like in in London is like the most coveted but also the, it's like an albatross right because you need to make need it to worth produce. your while or something yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it feels like the pace i i think i mean when when a to z is nomadic it's quite well no it, it's there are stuff happening constant i mean i'm discussing with different people at the moment doing um uh finding spaces for performances with an amazing artist called nicole bachman with who i really want to work with and she got funding to actually produce a new piece of performance which is going to be incredible uh, with dancers so like, I'm working with her to f find the right place and um, do all the promo and all that and then discussing with different people you know if I can actually invade their space a bit which to me is like Maybe, I mean, it was great to have a space and mm -hmm. like nothing. It was amazing. It was such a great experience. But as you said, it, it's got that thing of like, okay, you have to, you have to be there. You have to do something. You have to like, instead of being nomadic in a way also, you kind of get to collaborate a bit more and meet more people, I, th I, I think. But yeah, we'll see. Maybe I might end up being in a space in a year and we mm. have a chat. And you come to the private view and <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But um, like um is it tiring? I mean if you're working full time and then you're doing this yeah, stuff on top, I and mean then you it's just always new, right? You, like you're always yeah. meeting a new person and being like, Oh, do you think we could mm. do this together? How yeah. would this work? No, it's not tiring, it's great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For now I'm saying that. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, yeah, it's, I've, that's how it's been working, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's, it's, uh, it's selling something in a way, you know, you mm. have to sell the project. You have to be like, okay, you have to believe in it. And I think if you really, uh, it's, you start a conversation with an artist or like, like there was a newspaper. Yeah, it's really a shame I, don't, I didn't bring stuff. I did a newspaper with um, a fashion design, designer uh, called Dino Bodicio. Uh, and that was an amazing experience as well. Uh, and y you know, like you work with someone that you share and have really positive exchange, and then you kind of try to present that to someone else. It's yeah, in a way, it's a bit like selling something, but it's not for the money. Yeah, <laughs> which maybe is a mistake. <laughs> I don't know. But do people? People must. I mean, you've do, been doing it long enough, and you've you do good things and people know that do people start approaching you do you have this kind yeah, of yeah i mean yeah it started to be like that definitely i mean with the space yeah completely but then like with working with me yeah I've, like yeah nicole approached me nicole barman it wasn't you know and uh, yeah it's uh, johan arens as well with who i worked uh last year he's an amazing friend and uh, i love his work and we we just he he kind of was like hey how about, you know, and I was like, yeah, great. People want to collaborate, but I find that it's hard to begin that process unless you're certain that the other person has the energy and the time to do it. But I mean, like, you know, the energy you're talking about is like, do you really, but because, okay, so you do, you work full time. What do you do at night? Well, you can go and like, you know, have a drink sometimes, but like you fucking work. That's sorry, I'm swearing. <laughs> but that's it. Like, you know, that's what you are doing. You just do it because you want to do it. And by the end, I might be like, why am I doing that? You know, it's I'm doing it for no money and it's stupid. But I don't think so. I think like, you know, I there and there are things I'm looking at as well, funding wise and stuff. Like it's not putting it on the side at all. Okay, it's like so it's kind not of like trying. A, it's not fundamental that it's exactly it just started yeah. that way yeah i mean you said you're doing more teaching work now but yeah. like would you your future ideal situation would be to do a to z all Full the time, time? Um, or would you always like to do teaching or would you always like to i don't know actually yeah. but um i'm <laughs> i'm thinking about doing a phd <laughs> everybody says <laughs> oh that my at God, the moment. Yeah. but uh, and it's quote. like i read something recently from an old uh um, an old uh, tutor of mine from like Goldsmiths and she wrote yeah the PhD is a new BA basically but it's true <laughs> um, but yeah no I mean I, uh, I think using you know like the platform and I've been doing it for six years now you know it's kind of something that I should actually really dive into and be like okay that's like theorizing that's, it yeah that's the main the main um interest and so what would you do if you did a phd would it would be a like one with a big practice. thesis oh you do a practice based one? yeah i think so ah, that's interesting. i think it would be like kind of practice slash thesis and what would the kind of theoretical thing of it be i think it would be around again that idea of the morphing body uh and the using using narrative to actually to change minds but in tandem with your curatorial practice mm. of like of, events screening yeah performances of course yeah and, yeah right okay yeah. oh that's interesting Dr. Dufour <laughs> Dr. Dufour <laughs> that'd that's be really weird good. but yeah so um, what I was thinking as well is I could send you some um, some of the um, like the playlist but also some extract of things that you know 
think Open I'm the Hello, Hell, do you read me? Hello, Hell, do you read me? Do you read me, Hell? Hello, Hell, do you read me? Hello, Hell, do you read me? Do you read me, Hell? Affirmative day. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I do, yeah, yeah, I do. And what's your kind of favourite format? I mean, I, I think it's quite nice when it flows, yeah, when it's like one thing, because when you get a thing in between, often it cuts off, like, the, the actual... The flow of the Well, and the way you yeah. listen as well, actually. Yeah. It's weird, but isn't it? It's a bit like an audiobook. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like, you know, it's kind of that thing of, like... Because I listen to more produced ones as well, you know, ones that are more like tightly edited, story yeah. driven. But yeah, my favourite is still like the slightly overly long rambling chat. Mm. It's quite a weird thing, really. What are your favourite ones? Um, I've been listening to a lot of French stuff oh, okay. on, uh, <laughs> on France Inter. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Often it's about like, you know, writer or like... Oh, um, yeah, uh, my fave. Um, musician or like but you know it's really diving within to like their stories or they get like interview with not necessarily family members or friends or like it sounds boring really but <laughs> it's weird <laughs> but isn't it it's, it's like nice. stuff that wouldn't uh, have existed like it is a new form I think because it's mm, stuff that people wouldn't have been interested in listening to yeah. 10 years ago before like mobile phones became so mm. intertwined like cyborgian aspects of our lives yeah. where you like you're always with it and you could always have headphones in if mm. you cho- if you wanted to. Yeah, long form, do you know that? Yeah. It's like the American uh, yeah, yeah. writer's one. It's really good and it's a good way to like intro you to, well, intro to me to interesting writers. But it does seem to be American ones. It's interesting you listen Maybe. to French ones. Yeah, yeah, no. There's not so, uh, there's not so many great English ones, like yeah. British ones, which is a bit of a weird. What's the name of that really famous, like, um, there is an American one as well that is just like, like this American life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like kind of you just listen to that forever. Yeah, basically. I mean, the archive is so massive as well. Yeah. It's but that's been going. That's interesting because that's like a pre-podcast podcast. Mm. Like it was on the. It's been on it the radio. It was on the radio. Years. Yeah, yeah. And then they were kind of the only people doing that form of radio, mm. and then podcast came along, and that was the first. Well, there were podcast came along and it was mainly interviews, and then that was the only other way of doing it. That was the kind of model for a lot mm. of podcasts i've done things like that as well but they they're not as popular as the interviews i don't think i think Mm. people prefer kind of having yeah well i think i'm not i'm not i'm not like an incredibly talented team of professional radio producers but if you get someone who's doing something interesting and i think that's why it's interesting to talk to you because i think you you don't often hear curators talk about what they do Mm. outside of like a professionalized context yeah like artists it's a bit more common but still you're normally kind of like you say like selling it you're normally Mm. like in the middle of the work or Mm. at the private view or doing the Mm. talk at the gallery which is a very Mm. different thing to just talking about like yeah like the practical stuff of like how you got that thing to happen or like yeah yeah but um there was a a series of uh radio shows and i cannot find so if anyone knows that (laughs) 
that would be amazing because um, there was a radio show that was about, uh, I think it was a curator doing that, going to artist studio space. The, the way the format was, that was that the, the artist was talking about what they had on their desk. That was it. They, they could only talk about what the object on their desk and then explain why and, and then you would enter within their work. Or, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was a way in, and I cannot remember who, but that wasn't a, post, a podcast, that was like a radio show. Um, but I don't know, That's yeah, so I remember someone talking to me about it, but then, yeah, and I thought the way was like to get into someone's life. Yeah. It's like, you know, tell me your three favorite books or like yeah, your three yeah, favorite yeah album or whatever or playlist or i did a talk uh, once where i just got my i have all my art stuff in like one folder on my hard drive and i just mm -hmm. opened it up and got the audience to be like to shoes. just choose yeah. so it's like they would choose like drawings and then the year mm. and then these drawings would pop up and you could see like tiny thumbnails and then they'd pick one it was really <laughs> nice yeah, but yeah. i think that was from someone else yeah someone else's idea was a desktop crit or something where like mm. yeah you're only allowed to talk about what's on someone's computer desktop yeah. but that's that also reminds me of an amazing which is again like pre-podcast I really used to love in the Guardian Review they used to have this thing called the writer's desk which was like a really nice photo of like a desk that someone wrote at and then like the writer would write about their desk and again okay. it's this yeah. thing of like getting into the kind of material mm. qualities of what it is to write and mm. that stuff like I love it so much I don't know what the feeling is and it's probably not necessarily like that positive I don't know what I'm trying to say you don't really learn from it, but I love the mm. feeling of thinking about like doing something. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's because it but means I think it's so personal as well. Like it's really like a personal thing, I guess. Like for like you know, the writer to be like, yeah, okay, that's it. That's how I. That's what it looks like, and then it's really like getting into. But I'm sure you get stuff out of it, though. I guess I, you sometimes you get affirmation about the way you work or ideas for the way you work or reassurance that it's mm. not. I think that's probably not a big thing. Not only you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not like that even if you're successful or whatever, like mm. even if you have huge success, which is often the people that newspapers or whatever are interviewing, mm. like it's still like really boring to write something or mm. it's really hard to get going or they can only really do a few hours of writing a day. Because that's the worst thing, isn't it? Like the idea that like people who do, who manage to do things are like, like psychotic robots who like yeah. only sleep two hours a night. Yeah. Although yeah. that's what it sounds like when you you're saying like. Well, no, it's you not, don't get tired. Or no, something. I mean, no, it's not like no, it's not getting tired about it. It's just like because you like what you do, you know. It's just like I mean, of course, like there are stuff that are I find really boring. But if you think that way, then you won't do anything. You yeah. know, it's like well, if you want to do it, just do it. Because but it is the particular kind of thing that you do must create quite an administrative burden, right? Yeah. Like you must have like a million emails plus yeah. all your emails from full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm assuming has a lot of administration of its own. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. But um, but there are, there are good sides, you know, out of that. Uh, there are good parts. And yeah, of course, like the curatorial side is just fucking admin. It's admin. Yeah. That's it. It's mainly that. So what are the moments that like make it feel really worthwhile? All like, you know, the creation of uh, the design side of things that I love. Like, you know, the poster, the like all the GIF and like all like the social media thing where you build up through, you know, posting an image or posting a GIF and, and then you get you get 
I don't know, you get people who are like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll come to that. Um, the emailing, I don't find it annoying. Mm. I'm like, you know, it's part of the job as well. And often people don't open them. So you have to be like, hey, email again. Hey, As in, you, you have like MailChimp or whatever and it tells you who's you've got, it. Yeah, you've got that. But then you need to do it also personal. Like, you know, be, hey, how about you come to this? <laughs> um, but also, I mean... I mean, you've done it like three times to me during this interview. You've been like, maybe you yeah. can come to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really annoying like that. No, I'm but actually, think... I'm not real. I'm like, I'm a robot. Yeah. You know, I've been programmed to be like... But is that uh, your like... Because for me, like engagement weirdly even though I do a lot of things that involve like talking to people and mm. the idea of like asking someone to, to engage with what I'm doing is like the, is like the worst thing in the world maybe that's mm. like an English politeness thing as well oh, I don't know to but... be like oh do, how about you like come or... yeah basically yeah. yeah yeah I don't know I think it's I mean if you're interested you can come but if you're not you don't have to <laughs> But I don't know, to me, it's like logical. How about you yeah, come, course, you know, yeah. come to that? I think it's, again, that thing of like, like getting people interested and being like, hey, you should, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but if you don't want to, it's up to you, whatever. And the thing is also there, are, it's like anything that comes out with like, you know, music thing or like, oh, yeah, exhibition, you know, it's only for a certain amount of time. So mm. you are like trying to get people to come and getting the attention there are so many different ways you can do that yeah it's it's the annoying side maybe but it's also like yeah if you get that person to come that's great so you enjoy the design what? part of it and you enjoy the hustling kind of yeah part of it. yeah you have to it's part of it so you have to embrace it what are the uh, moments? but the best part is the events basically okay and like yeah, you yeah. know and working with the artists and you know the discussion the preparation of is great i think and what about what's your teaching style when you do teaching well, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm a beginner. So yeah. uh, tutorials and creates are kind of like giving references as much as possible, but being really critical as well. And that's like, you know, gold, goldsmith style. Oh, right. Going for the kill. Uh, well, not going for the kill, but, you know, people need to know if it's not working. I'm not, I haven't said if it's shit. I said if it's not working. <laughs> That's uh, code for and, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But it, it's kind of, you know, like important to be like, um, yeah, kind of poking people and being like, okay, think more. Like maybe, yeah. you know, how about you look at this? But not being also um, pedantic about it and being like kind of, well, yeah. And, and then the seminar side of things, this, so last year I was doing an MA group around... Well, it was all around sci-fi and the narrative, uh, and there was a field trip. There was like a reading group with lots of different different references, um, and Ito Sterl and to Margaret Atwood to comic books to, and then this year I'm doing it with Johnny Golding, uh, with a philosopher who has developed uh, the. Um, kind of the idea of radical matter, which uh, is kind of looking at um, different different uh, fields with so science, um, informatic, robotic, um, and and philosophy, and kind of trying to expand within the idea of entanglement and how everything is related. But how do you kind of get the best out of this? And mm. and again, it's that thing of you know preconceived ideas. How do you break boxes and how do you like? Kind of link, link things together.
thank you so much to Anne for coming and speaking to me and thanks to you all for listening goodbye goodbye